Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Let's open with prayer. Now, in Ephesians 6.18, it says, Pray at all times, at every occasion, in the Spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. So, Father, we come before you, and we're just, we just entreat your presence. We welcome you. We thank you, Father, that your Spirit that indwells us gives us utterance, Father God, gives us hearing, gives us understanding, gives us wisdom. Father, we give you praise that this day, the day that you have made, we shall rejoice and be glad in it, and we shall receive from you that which you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Excuse me. So I thought I was going to be moving to Ephesians 3, um, but um, I couldn't get away from Ephesians 1. So I started rereading and restudying some points that I had, and I noticed that uh, I missed some things that the Holy Spirit would have had me bring out last, last Sunday, so we're going to touch on them again. So in Ephesians 1, verses 17 through 23, <clears throat> it says that, uh, for I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and the insight into mysteries and secrets and the deep and intimate knowledge of him. By having the eyes of our heart flooded with light so that we can know what is the hope to which he has called us and how rich is his glorious inheritance in his saints, the set-apart ones. And my God will liberally supply Excuse me, I went to Philippians there. <laughs> no, my God will liberally supply, get on that one, and fill to full every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's a Philippians. But verse 19 in, in Ephesians, and so you can know and understand what is immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him in his own right hand in heavenly places. So, starting stopping there at verse 20. <clears throat> Last week, <clears throat> when I was talking about the power of God and trying to understand what that really meant, there's four words in that verse 19. And the four words were dunamis, energio, kratos, and iscus. And I got to wondering, what, what's the point, Right? His power. So I had to look those up. So dunamis, dunamis is his inherent power. It's within himself. So in the instance of like dynamite, dynamite has a lot of inherent power. But you and I could play catch with it all day. We could throw it back and forth. We could drop it on the ground. We could kick it. The power's still in there, but nothing is happening until it's acted on. So you put a blasting cap in there, and you touch it off with electricity, you release the power that is in there. So the word energio, which we get energy from, is the working of that inherent potential power. It is the outward display of the dunamis. Let's start getting like, well, we're playing word games here, but these word games are very important. So if Arnold Schwarzenegger walked in here back in the day uh, when he was really ripped like I was when I was 20, (coughs) before the chest and drawer disease caught me, 
But when, if he walked in here, you'd look at him and you'd say, man, that guy is powerful. Look at that. Look at the muscles, how they're defined and ripped and everything. But that's all you'd see. He'd sit down. He'd be wearing a nice jacket. He, you know, he'd get up. He'd walk and say, man, that guy's really powerful. But if he were to like take one of you guys and pick you up and press you over his head, all of a sudden you're seeing that power in work. So that's the energy. Kratos is the ruling power. This is the power of the throne or the majesty upon the throne. It's that power that if the king says so, it is so. We don't understand that because we live in a democratic republic, in a sense, because we all have a vote, we all have a say. Um, we are a republic, constitutional republic, but we all have this thing. We all ha I have something to say, so... I don't care what the president says. I don't care what my senator says. I have my opinion, and so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to act on my opinion. But in the ruling power of a kingdom, you didn't say that about the king. You could lose your head. That was that kind of power. And then Iscus is the endowed power. That's the power that a king gets when he takes his throne. So we have four different kinds of power here. So in this verse 19, it says, so when you know, you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power, get this, in, okay, in and for us who believe as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Verse 20. Now those four words are in that. And in that, there was a day, uh, I had to write this down because I, I just trying to wrap my head around it. Um, there was a day in the universe when all of God's ruling power, all of God's endowed power, and all of God's inherent power were put into the form of an energio, energy. And that was the day that Jesus was raised from the dead. More power was displayed in that one day than has ever been displayed before. Now, people say, well, yeah, but he created the universe. Psalm 8.3, God used his fingers. When I view and consider your heavens, the work of your fingers the moon and the stars which you have ordained and established. Well, no, he created the earth. So Hebrews 1.10. And further, you, Lord, did lay the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the works of your hands. But in that moment... Now, so people might wonder, well, what's the point of that? Well, people forget that hell was created by God. It was created by God for the imprisonment of the fallen angels and Satan. Nobody else. And it wasn't created for us, <clears throat> even though without Christ, that's where a lot of people are going. So it is an impenetrable prison. No one goes in there will ever come out. Jesus is the only one. And it took all that power to get him out of something God had created. <clears throat> Excuse me. One thing that people get confused about when they think of hell 
It is not Satan's office. It is not his headquarters. He does not go there to rest, okay? He's scared of it. He's, fear, he's more fearful of it than we are. I mean, as, as un, unsaved people, don't even think about it. They can think about it, well, I, well, I remember a movie I watched uh, a while ago, Return to Me, it's an awesome movie. But the guy says, well, we're going to go to hell. He says, well, I'll be there with my friends. They don't understand. This is not a fun place. I'm not going to be talking with Bob about, gee, you know, how did we miss this? It talks about screaming. It talks about pain. It talks about dark, utter darkness. When you read the uh, <clears throat> parable of the man that went to hell and the Lazarus who went to the bosom of Abraham, he's begging across this chasm. So this is not a place that you make fun of. The other thing is we have no legal right to send him there before the time of judgment. I know a lot of people says, Satan, I bind you and send you to hell. No. He's the God of this world. He still has rights on this planet. We have the ultimate right in our area of influence. <clears throat> Excuse me. But we do not have any right to cast him into places that, you know, that people think they can do it. He and all the fallen angels, the demons, fear it, and they know their destiny when Christ returns and judgment is rendered. If you remember the, the demons that cried out to Jesus, you know, have you come to torment us before the time? And then they asked to be sent into the pigs. They're scared. They're scared. That's your enemy. He's scared of you because he understands the authority that you represent in your spoken word and in your actions. So far above all rule and authority and power, <clears throat> excuse me, and dominion. So you get that back there? His power in us demonstrated at the working of his mighty strength. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named. You have the name that is above every name in you at work in you. It says above every title that can be conferred not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and the world which are to come. It's in you. Uh, one of the things that, that several years ago, we went to a, a, a pastor's conference up in Canada and uh, the gal that was speaking um, she was a Rama graduate, but I can't think of her name right now. Anyway, the gal was speaking, was saying, you know, you should be seeking God, seeking the Holy Spirit, about what your role in the church is. And, and you should have a vision statement for yourself. How many of you people have written a vision statement for yourself? You should seek the Father about that. It helps define things in your life. One of the things as we were praying about it, Luann and I were praying about it, the thing that rose up in me is that I was encouraging and exhort the body of Christ to excellence. It's my job. And I have to look at that often. <clears throat> and so, excuse me, so I come to church here and we have a vision about life in Christ. How does what God told me to do tie in with what the church vision is? 
See, it, it isn't it. I won't be doing this. We'll be doing this. The thing that God told me to do under the pastors of this church and the vision set forth in this church, my vision is secondary, but my vision will come along aside and we work together. So when I'm here, part of what I'm doing is encouraging you and I'm exhorting you. This isn't just teaching. You should be encouraged by the things that are here, the things that are in the word and hopefully by what I bring forth as the spirit gives utterance. So he's put all things under his feet. So we're talking about Christ and has appointed him in the universal supreme head of the church, a headship exercised throughout the church. So we as Christians and as believers, I know I talked about this last week, but I think sometimes we forget about what authority really means. And I know I talked about how a police officer has a badge that badge represents the authority behind him, which is the municipal government. We carry a similar badge, though it's not seen, and we represent the, muni the municipal authority of heaven on earth. We can't forget that. So what, what is important about all this? What's coming out of your mouth? You know, too often, and I've seen this in myself and I've seen it in others, we're very quick. Um, well, we were talking with a young man yesterday at men's breakfast. We get very quick if a doctor has an opinion. Right? Doctor says, you have this, we need to do this, and we need to do it now. Forces you, kind of pushes you into a decision. See here, Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in him shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall lift their wings and mount up close to God as eagles mount up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. No, you can't wait. This needs to be done now. I mean, I mean, some of you guys are in business and, you know, co contractors come. This needs to be done now. It's not on the schedule. I mean, I was just, ta I was just talking to, uh, I was talking to one of your employees the other day. So I went to a house to get a do paint done. Nothing's ready. But you need to be here now. How does this happen? <laughs> Let's just wait for a second here. <laughs> Let's kind of get our ducks in a row. Where are you in this? How do I schedule that? How do I do this? But we, and, and it, it's so hard because we are in such a microwave generation. I want it now. You know, you can go up. You know what it used to be like when dinner was prepared and you spent time and you talked and you just, you just had that relaxing time. You had the time on the table when you'd sit and visit 
and anymore it's just like, no, 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 we got to go, we got we to get here, we got to get there, we got to do this, we got to do the other thing. And, and some of it, yeah, it needs to be done. But why are we pushing? So it says to wait on the Lord. And I was looking at these prayers about this power that works in us. His power in and for us who believe. And then he says, as demonstrated by his mighty power, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So think about that for a second. You've got potential power in you, inherent power in you. And it will lay dormant forever if you don't ignite it. So how do we ignite it? Well, I talked about dynamite where they put a blasting cap in it. And that releases that energy. The only way we can do it is through our mouth. You have to release that energy out here. Now, you'll see uh, Star Wars is a great thing about this. Just say the word. Engage the force. They grab something and they, and they take a Christian idea and they bring it into like a mystic kind of thing. But the idea is your mouth with the power that's in here ignites something out here. Do you know you can set your destiny? Do you know you can set your destiny by what you do here? You know, when, when, uh, when you say wedding vows, right? You're setting a destiny for you and your spouse. You are setting that destiny out. There's power in that because the two have come together to become one. And the two, as they come together to become one, the power in what they can release in their words and their actions is tremendous towards each other, and towards the world. Now, one of the first things the devil wants to do after you become one is try to separate you. How does he do that? Words. Words of anger, impatience. I need this now. Why aren't you taking care of me? Unforgiveness. I can't believe you did that again. One more time, you did that again. Again. (laughs) And it starts to build things up in the mind. What happens after it builds up in the mind? Eventually, it comes to a point. It's just like, you know, we always, of course, it doesn't happen as much anymore because everybody sticks their cups in the microwave. But you have a teapot. You put that teapot on there, you turn the heat up under it, it's boiling away, boiling away, and eventually gets to a point where it whistles to let you know, I'm ready. Well, sometimes that fire gets up in a marriage. It gets up in a relationship, and it whistles, and all of a sudden things start coming out of that thing. And if you leave it on there long enough, it will whistle loudly. It does. But the problem is, when it does that, all we do is, rather than turn the heat down, wait, 
Immediately, bang. Bang. You always, you never. But what does the Lord say? Patience, kindness, love. Lamentations 3.25. The Lord is good to those who wait hopefully and expectantly for him. To those who seek him, inquire of and for him, and require him by right of necessity and on the authority of God's word. This is the amplified. But. So wait for him expectantly. So, it rose up in me the other day to look at what does wait mean. And I was thankful that I had because when we visited with this young man, it was just kind of rose up, bang. You know how you put things in you from the Spirit and from the Word and then at a point it comes up, you know, where did that come from? So, wait is an, is an interesting word. To hedge about. To guard. Attend. Keep watch. Take heed to self. The interesting thing about the word heed, it's the same word as wait. So what does that mean? Well, if I'm facing a situation, and I can talk to this from my experience with my daughter, that when the doctor said this, Brenna went into full, we're going to kill this thing mode, with everything that the doctors say. Now, she was in faith, don't get me wrong, but she heard what the doctors said. She began to declare what the doctors said for treatment. She put herself to that place of treatment, and then she went and did another treatment because the doctors, and they said, we need to get on this, we need to get on this. Now, I'm not blaming her because... Cancer is an ugly word. It's a scary word. It shouldn't be. It's a word. But we, we attach power and authority to words, right? So if somebody says cancer, we immediately attach authority and power to that word in our lives. That's what makes it such a hard disease to fight because it, it's here and everybody says, well, you're a cancer. How's you doing with your cancer? Whose cancer is it? It ain't yours. But we do, the, so these Ephesian prayers, so Ephesians 1, and he's talking in these prayers here. You begin to pray this out for yourself and Wait. If I can't tell you anything else, you have to take these words to your heart and wait. Because what's, what's God got for you? Goodness, mercy, grace, healing. He has that inherent power in you that raised Christ from the dead. And we're scared of a little six-letter word. And I don't care which word you want to pick out. I mean, you can pick out MS, you can pick out anything like that. 
we put, we put authority on that and we allow it to act in our lives. And we forget that we are the ones with the authority to determine what happens in our lives and in this church and in this city as led by the Holy Ghost. We're coming up on some time of training for evangelism. And what's going to happen with that training? You're going to be given authority to do some things with the inherent power that is within you to go win souls for Christ, right? What's the first thing the devil going to put on you? Fear. What if? What if they don't respond? What if? You know, that word if bugs me because it is a conditional word. I'll do this if. You know, I will love you if you, or I love you because of some action or word or deed. Because and if, they try to put a condition on what, on what happens. God never said, I'll love you if. So how in the world can we say, I'll love you if? He never said, I'll love you because. So how can we say that? He said, I love you unconditionally so much that I'm going to send my son. He's going to teach you. And then he's going to go to the cross for you. And then I'm going to pull him out of hell for you. Now, you need to understand that that power to pull him out of hell that lives in you is in your words. And you need to understand that what he says is true. So when you read these Ephesian prayers and you put them for yourself, So to pray him like this, for I always pray to the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant unto me a spirit of wisdom and revelation of the insight into mysteries and secrets and the deep and intimate knowledge of him by having the eyes of my heart flooded with light so that I can know and understand the hope of which he's called me and how rich is his glorious inheritance in me, his set-apart one. And so that I can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and unsurpassing greatness of his power in and for me who believes as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him in his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named above every title that can be confirmed not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and the world has come. And he put all things under his feet and appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church. A headship exercised throughout the church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. For in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete, who fills everything everywhere with himself. He fills me. He fills you. You know, and you can't go by feelings. That's one thing I had to learn a while ago. You, you kind of want the goosebumps. You kind of want the, you know. It has nothing to do with feelings. What do you believe? 
I think that's one of the, one of the toughest things. What do, you, what do you believe? What do I believe? Do I believe this, his word indwelled in me, that all the fullness of the power of God is in me? That I have the authority of heaven where I am right now to speak over things in my life and the people that allow me to speak into their lives? See, in essence, at this place right now, I have a place of authority to speak into your lives because you have allowed that. Not just because I have authority, but you allowed that. And so when I come and I bring the word, speaking the word with the authority of heaven, you receive it with the authority of heaven. It dovetails together. When somebody comes up here and speaks in the power of the Holy Ghost, speaks the word, speaks that thing, he's speaking from the authority of heaven, you are hearing from the authority of heaven. So, I've got a lot of family that's been in law enforcement over the years. So, they are trained, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but they are trained to exercise their, the authority given to them. They're trained in how to do that. So they have to hear. They have to take it in. Uh, so that when they go out and interact with the public, they don't overstep their authority, but neither do they fall back from their authority. It's not a fine line, but people try to make it a fine line. We have authority from heaven to speak the word. So uh, we go to the centurion. I always love that. Because um, people always have their ideas of how, how Jesus is going to minister, how God is going to minister to them. But this centurion comes down, he calls from a ways off. He says, Jesus, my servant is sick. And Jesus says, well, I mean, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll come and heal him. No, you don't have to. Just say the word, because I am a man under authority. I am a man under authority, and I am authority over other men. And I know that if I say, go do this, to one go do this, he's going to go do it. If I tell another to do this, they're going to do that. So I say unto you, speak the word only. So this centurion understood authority. And he looked at Jesus and said, speak the word only. Do you understand that? Do you get, do you get a hold of that? Speak the word only. Didn't say anoint me with oil. He didn't say, come lay hands. He didn't say, spit and make mud. He said, speak the word only. Now, here's the part. I know people say that we can't surprise God, but it does say in there that Jesus marveled. He marveled. He looked at his disciples. Never in all of Israel have I seen such faith. And he says, go, and it is done to you as you have said. And on the way back, he heard that his servant was healed at that same hour. Psalm 59, 9. 
Oh, my strength, I will watch and give heed to you and sing praises, for God is my defense, my protector and high tower. To watch and give heed is to wait. Oh, my strength, I will wait. I'm not telling you to be lazy. I'm telling you to wait. There are times that God puts... There's a, a Dr. Billy Brim did a lot of study in, in Israel and in Hebrew and whatnot. And in Hebrew, they have these terms called moeds. Moeds are times and seasons set by God. So Pentecost was a moed. The feasts were moeds, and they were set throughout time, pointing to Christ, and then pointing to his return. These moeds come not as we want. See, I want Christ to return tomorrow. I don't want to have to go through stuff. I don't want to have to deal with getting older. I don't want to have to deal with it. I want him to come tomorrow. And let's just all get out of here. But there's a time and a season that he has set. See, he knows the day. It, he's not changing the day. A lot of people think, well, I read, just read this the other day. Some guy says, well, God is waiting for that last person. No, the day is set. It's right here. Here, that's the day. So whatever happens between here and here and the people who get saved or not, that's it. But that day is set. It's a moed. Wait. You know, you may feel that you need to go speak to somebody about salvation, get them born again. But they're not ready today. They might be ready tomorrow, might be next week. It's wait. And wait can be, this is, people get concerned about wait, because how long do I have to wait? I don't know. I can't tell you. He might have you wait a day. Might have you wait a week. Might be years. But in that time, what are you doing while you are waiting? Are you praying these Ephesian prayers over yourself? And I'm, I'm not saying you have to pray just the Ephesian prayers, but are you praying these prayers over yourself? Are you praying for that person? Do you have a hedge about you during this time? See, when you're fighting a disease, you have to put a hedge around you that keeps that, the words out that you don't want. You have to. I'm not saying you can be stupid about it, but you have to put a hedge around you and seek the Father. You can only do that when you are quiet before him. You can only do that when you're not... And the thing is, people will call you, well-meaning friends, how are you doing with your disease? How are you feeling today? Are you ready to do chemo? Are you ready to do radiation? How about this new immunotherapy stuff they got out there? Are you waiting for a new kidney? Or are you waiting 
for what the Lord has. See, we can wait and be bombarded by all this stuff or we can wait in the presence of the Lord. And you know, I don't want to talk about that. And you can be bold about that. Yeah, but you need to. No, no. I'm spending time with my Father. I'm spending time with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is revealing things to me. Now, whether he tells me to go through surgery or not, I don't know. But I'm listening. But we do know of one pastor who prayed, and the Lord says, go have your brother. And I've said this before. We've heard it many times. He says, go have your brother pray for you, and then go see the surgeon. That was him. It's not you. What's God telling you? In your quiet time, in that hedged waiting time, where you're waiting on the Lord. Zephaniah 3.8. Therefore, earnestly wait for me, says the Lord, waiting for the day when I rise up to attack as a witness, accuser, or a judge, and a testimony. Wait for me when I rise up to attack. You know, the Spirit of God rises up in you. He rises up. What happens when he rises up? There becomes a holy boldness. I cannot be up here and speak under my own power. I mean, I could, but you'd know it pretty quick. (laughs) I'd know it pretty quick. (laughs) The power of God has to rise up in us to give us utterance and the authority and the boldness to speak and the love to speak truth. We cannot, we cannot just open our mouth and blabber anything that comes out there. And I know uh, people sometimes get offended when you say, look, if you would just believe and say, build yourself up in your most holy faith. Build yourself up in your most holy faith. Well, what do you think I'm doing? Are you judging my faith? No. I'm judging the fruit of your faith right now, but I'm not judging your faith because everybody has been given the same measure of faith. There's not one person in here that has any more faith given him than anybody else. It's what they did with it after they got it. So, Arnold Schwarzenegger again. He made a decision that he wanted to be a bodybuilder. And he put everything into it. Put something that probably weren't right. But he, you know, growth hormones and things like that. But anyway, he made a decision to do those things, right? And he got Mr. World, Mr. Olympia. He got the whole thing. But he had in his heart the whole time. I don't know if he had a picture of Charles Atlas on his wall. I don't know. But I'm going to be like that one day. I did that too, but I tore it down when it didn't, you know, <laughs> didn't manifest instantly. 
Waiting is one of those things that is the most hard thing you will ever do. Even if it's a day. Because if you allow the devil, he will push you. He will. You need to do this now. Now. See, that's the difference between leading and pushing. God never pushes. He leads. He leads us into the paths of righteousness. He leads us by the still waters. He leads us to green pastures. He's a leader. He's not a pusher. Now, one of the things that just happened in Montana, which is sad, we've allowed um, marijuana to be legalized as a recreational uh, item. And I'll bet you right now there's Christians out there saying, well, God made it, so it must be right. He didn't make it in the Garden of Eden, I guarantee you that. You know, when you look at that, Garden of Eden, where they said it was at. The Garden of Eden, if you study it out, the Garden of Eden was supposed to spread over the earth. See, when they were cast out, they were cast out into a corrupt world. God didn't make a corrupt world for them. The devil was already there. The Garden of Eden was supposed to grow and spread over the earth, which means the gospel, the goodness of God, was supposed to spread over the earth. Somebody got impatient and ate an apple. Or whatever, persimmon, whatever you like to eat. And somebody else stood there. Well, I don't see anything that's changed. And took the other bite. Patience. Wait. What would the Lord say? When you read the Ephesian prayers and you talk about this power this authority, all of this here. You gotta remember, he, he, not it, he, the authority, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, is in you today, right now. He is. And that authority and that power will affect your life and will affect the lives of people around you if you will wait on the Lord. Pray in faith. Speak the word only. Listen. And do what he tells you to do. God is so good. Because he's a leader, he needs followers. Are we followers? Are we waiters? Father, we just give you thanks and praise. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for the blessing of being your children. Thank you for patience. Thank you for peace. Thank you for love. Thank you for your spirit that indwells us. That same spirit which raised Christ from the dead. That power that indwells us, Father God. That we would be aware of all those things that you have put in us. And that we will be patient to use them wisely to your glory 
and the benefit of your kingdom. Father, we give you praise this day as we go forth, as we hear the message today, as we go into praise and worship. Father God, we just love you. We praise you and give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.